It is the 21st century. There are too many video games. But out there, it's waiting. The best video game you've never played. Welcome to The Best Video Game You've Never Played, the podcast where I invite guests on to try out brand new video games that they've never played before, and then ask them, is this the best video game you've never played? And then they say, yes, this is great, thank you very much, you may have the name of my firstborn child as your own, or they say, no, be gone from this place, I have salted the earth where you stand, and if you shall ever return a thousand years of plague upon you and your family. This week's guest is the return of Charles Dean, who you may recall came on and brought Sniper Elite 4, and I've given him a mysterious, spooky, and altogether old video game. Let's see how he gets on as we listen to Charles's return to the podcast. Hello, Charles. Welcome back. Hello. How are you doing? How's the wife? <laughs> Um, uh, the, the wife, the wife is is fine. Um, well, are, are you sure? No longer married. Um, but you know, are you sure the wife hasn't been dragged into the middle of a mysterious lake? Oh, I see. A... I see. This was a reference to the game that you've asked yes, me to play. Yes, we're straight in. We're straight, straight in. in. <laughs> Cracking on. Cracking I mean, on. In that in that regard, uh, the wife is uh, not at the bottom of a lake, apparently, or maybe is at the bottom. I don't know. I don't know how the wife is, Lewis. <laughs> Nobody knows how the wife is, Charles, because uh, I've invited you back onto the podcast after assigning you the the best video game that I think you've never played, uh, which is Alan Wake. Alan Wake. Now, Alan Wake originally came out on the Xbox 360 uh, as an Xbox 360 exclusive, uh, something that I was very excited about back in the day because I owned an Xbox 360. Um, and I was catching up. I didn't. I didn't get it when it came out originally, um, but it, it came out in 2010, and it is an action adventure game, uh, third person shooter developed by Remedy, who more recently made Control, mm. which is another freaky deaky third person action adventure game, and it is one of the most uh, original premises for a video game within the realm of video games. I think it's genuinely one of the the more interesting things I've seen because it's about an author who, through a series of supernatural machinations, ends up trapped in the novel he is yet to write and must go through a series of supernatural shenanigans in order to escape, question mark? Um, So uh, I think this game's great because it's uh, a very unique setting, a very unique story. And I think the gameplay is, at the very least, quite exciting. So, Charles, what is your first impression, your first take on Alan Wake? Well, I have I have a slightly different opinion from you, Lewis, which is good, because <laughs> otherwise this would be a very boring podcast. We'd be ending it here just over two minutes in. Um, I, I think you're, you're, there's something to be said about the premise. I think it is a, an interesting premise, but I think it's a little bit more flawed than you've described. I don't think it's about an author who is trapped within the book he is about to write. I think it is an author who is trapped in the video game adaptation of the book he is about to write. And video game adaptations of books and films and TV shows and so on generally aren't all that good. Uh, I think it's pretty good in terms of the genre of video game adaptations of books. But... um, I I think it was a bit... I think it was clunky. I don't think the story translated well to the medium of video games. Um, I think it's... There's some interesting things that it does. I think it has some interesting sort of tonal things. And you can very much tell that Remedy then went on to make Control and went, what if we made a game instead? Uh, So... That's very interesting to me, because I think one of the things we should point out from the top of this is that you've said it's like a video game adaptation of a book, of the book he is yet to write, and that's the problem, is it's sort of the adaptation, like, they're working within a genre that doesn't make sense for the type of game they've made, is that kind of I I I think the... I just don't think... 
I was super engaged in the story that they were telling. Um, right. And I think that is because I the, the medium for me was wrong. Um, if this was... I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you could make a great TV show out of Alan Wake. But, like, if it was a TV show, like, it's set up in that sort of episodic manner. Um, it is. But it's not... I wasn't engaged enough by the things it was asking me to do. Um, and no. it felt repetitive. And I didn't care about any of the characters. And the acting is bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, well, look, not to hold up video game acting as some sort of, like... Uh, thing that needs to be protected as if all video game acting uh, is magnificent but it was so stilted and so dry and I will say you know in control I think the acting in control is also bad but at least it's backed up by a really fun game (laughs) so look this is the thing that I find really interesting about this because this isn't this is by no means Remedy's first game their first game are the Max Payne games Mm. And Max Payne starts off a trend that Remedy is still doing to this day, which is that Remedy are obsessed with putting actors in games and then having the person voice that actor not be the same person that they've put in the game. So Max Payne's face is one of the developer's faces, and then he's voiced by someone else. Alan Wake's face is the face of an actor from... I want to say, uh, is it Sweden or Norway that Remedy's based in? Scandinavia. Scandinavia. They're Finnish. They're neither. They're a Finnish studio. So the other one. Alan Alan Wake is a Finnish actor who is voiced by an American, and they're different. And it's not the same person. And I think they do it again in Control. And of course, Remedy also. We're talking about Alan Wake to Control like there isn't a step in between. There is a step in between, and it's called Quantum Break. Mm. And Quantum Break was literally a video game and a television show at the same time. So I think Alan Wake is a really interesting way to look at Remedy Entertainment because it's clearly the wrong path. Like, they they basically they start with Max Payne and they make a cinematic story game. They go into Alan Wake and they're like, but what if it was kind of like a TV show? They then make a TV show, that game dies on its ass, and then they go, as you say, what if we just made a video game? Yeah, and and to be fair, I also want to say, like, in terms of the acting being bad, I I was vaguely aware of what you were talking about in terms of it, because it's got that sort of, um, you know, it does, it, it, you know, everyone does look, I don't want to say real, but like that uncanny valley of, we've really mm. tried to make this look like a person, but not quite. Um, but for I 2010, it's good. For 2010, they look really good. I, I think it's a fine-looking game for 2010. Um, but again, I don't think the issue is that the faces don't match the voice. I just think that the, the voices are bad, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about what anyone has to say or do, or you know, like Alan Wake is sort of this. Um, you know, he's sort of supposed to be this like sort of Stephen King esque author and that he is uh in that he himself is a pa- supposed to be this personality in the world that people are aware of you know um mm, yeah you know, you know people buy alan wake books and there is um uh, you know in the cafe you go to at the very start there's a big stand-up poster of alan wake why it's in this cafe i don't know they didn't because know the he was coming. A big fan, but they, they didn't... love Alan Wake. <laughs> but but like he then comes in, he sort of does this droll thing of like, oh, I hate these big stand-up posters, and I'm like, do you? Like, <laughs> do you hate them? Or like he it, does. It just feels very sort of stilted and uh, yeah. nobody. Nobody hates Alan Wake more than Alan Wake, which is the <laughs> point of the game, Alan Wake. And yeah, like... also when you say he's like he's meant to be a Stephen King esque like figure in the world he is just stephen king yeah like, like he's, he's it's just so obviously the case like yeah. they make direct references to stephen king in the game to the point where they literally copy a shot from the shining and then alan says this is like the shining <laughs> yeah it's you know i don't i don't care about alan i don't care about his wife i don't care about anyone else in the game um I, I do. I say. I think it's an interesting premise. I think it's an interesting premise for a story. Mm. I don't think it's an interesting game to play. I think well, I spent a lot of the time 
wishing I was playing a better game. And it's, you know, it'd be unfair to say I spent a lot of the time wishing I was playing Control because these games were made nearly 10 years apart from each other. Um, but I spent a lot but of... They're t- very they're very similar games in that respect. They are both third-person shooters. They're third-person shooters with a sort of uh, horror theme and where things are kind of like reality is twisting and warping and so on and so forth. But... Mm. I, you know, as, I, I think it'll be unfair to compare it because, you know, we've had, you know, this, as a studio, they've had you know, 10 years of development time to sort of practice making games and technology sure, sure. has moved on. Like, it was never going to look as good as Control, for example. Um, no, but, but I, spent, I think, again, just to just to make that point, this game came out in 2010 and for 2010, I think it was probably one of the best looking games of its time. It, it, it may well have been one of the best looking games of its time. I think the people in 2010 oh boy if they could see 2020 games they would be <laughs> um, they would be shocked but i also you know but i think just the gameplay was there was a bit in like the second it's not really level like second chapter or episode or whatever mm. where i spent far too long trying to maneuver a crane carrying some logs so that I could use them as a sort of bridge to climb up onto some other logs and finish the level. And really, I could not figure out what was going on and how to get them into the right position and how to get on top of these logs once I'd moved into the right... Like, the controls were clunky. It, the movement was janky. Um, I think it's... This, uh, this really surprised me because I literally replayed that yesterday to know... I mean, look, I'll be honest. I'm playing it on the computer. So that might be a factor. I don't know if playing it on the computer means that, you know, I'm playing on a computer that's more powerful than an Xbox 360 would run the game and I've got mouse and keyboard. But I, the, the section you're describing, I literally know the section you're describing because I played it yesterday and it was not an obstacle. It was just like a thing I had to do. Well, I, so again, the, is the Xbox version especially bad to control? It felt so incredibly loose. It felt so incredibly janky. But also, Lewis, crucially here, something that happened, which some people might go, oh, isn't it interesting how the, the physics work like this? But, like, a barrel or something got in the way, and the crane <laughs> was not powerful enough, like, the, the, however to they programmed the it, to move the barrel as it was moving these bad. logs. So it just hit this barrel and sort of went, oh, stuck here. So that's why I spent a long time getting stuck. So I was like, well, it doesn't want to move that further. Oh, there's a barrel somewhere that I can't see, obviously. Yeah, I, I, and moving is horrible. Like, yeah, aiming is... Like, aiming's kind of Charles, fine because what's... it has a sort of, like, auto-aim on it. But uh, equally, it does, most of the yeah. time you're aiming a torch. Ooh, you know, like... Well, we should talk about that because I think that's one of the, the, the top unique mechanics of Alan Wake. So we've said Alan Wake is a third-person shooter, but crucially, mm. the, the mechanic for Alan Wake is light and darkness. So essentially, the game's villain is a personification of darkness itself. And what it does is it infects people, and the only way that you can harm them is you burn darkness off them using a torch you have that has a incredibly easy-to-drain battery. And you have to... So the, the game requires that you aim at an enemy until they have lost the protection of the darkness, and then you can shoot them. So it's kind of like if Resident Evil 4 required that you aim at an enemy for about five seconds before you can shoot them. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what the fun mechanic of Resident Evil 4 is? You aim at someone and then you shoot them. And, yeah. you know, you get a satisfying blood splatter and grunts and uh, and parasites popping out of their head. And it's like, ooh. Like, Alan Wake, the enemies literally are all the same because mm. they're all just shadowy clouds. And then eventually they become, instead of a shadowy cloud, like a weird wobbly version of a man. And then you shoot it a few times like, oh, that's done. And every now and then there's like a, a sort of boss where it's just one of those, but it takes longer to kill them. There's also um, flocks of crows. They're a pain in the arse. Fl- yeah, <laughs> that's the, and that's the best way to describe it. They're a pain in the arse. They're not fun to deal with. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. I quite like that you. It's a it's a horror game that doesn't let you kill visible enemies straight away. I quite like that about it. That it's like. You spot on you spot a, a pack of enemies, like five enemies coming towards you, and you can't just get rid of them. You have to strategically position yourself, find somewhere safe, burn off some of the darkness. Right, they're getting too close. Move somewhere else. Use the dodge to like cinematically dodge out of the way of something they're throwing at you. Like I know, 
that you didn't get to play the downloadable content for this game because I also know you didn't finish the game. I'm right in thinking no. you didn't finish I, the I game. I did not finish the game. I think by the time I was done, I got like maybe two thirds of the way through, but it's it's hard to tell from the pacing of the game. This is true. The, the encounters do ramp up and certainly I tried to play the downloadable content and I it was really hard. I could not complete the downloadable content uh, in time to finish this because I, I hadn't played Alan Wake for... Uh, I mean, looking at it, maybe a decade. Um, but I think the thing is, in terms of, you know, saying, oh, it makes you like, it's a horror game that makes you think about how you fight the enemies and having to do things strategically. It's not unique in that respect in terms of horror games. Like, we have obviously brought up Resident Evil 4, which is kind of more of an action-adventure game than a horror game, really. Sure, sure. It's, but, but, you know, there are tense fights in that which are more tactical, like the one where you're in the basement and you're being chased by the guy that you can only damage if you hit him with, you know, uh, yes, nitrogen. Yes, yeah, there's a unique... But, there's a unique boss fight set piece, yeah. But also look at, you know, like, in the earlier Resident Evil games, a lot of the time the game is basically trying to say, don't fight this, run away. Look at Silent Hill, where most of the enemies can't be visibly damaged you know sure, like yeah. it's not a unique thing that's the thing i think alan wake is kind of and similarly like the, the whole light and darkness thing it's not unique to alan wake plenty of games have you go oh you can't hurt this person until you've like put them under a spotlight or you've put them in sunlight or whatever you know because it's a metaphor not... but i don't think it's fun or interesting to do that <laughs> i spend a lot of the time going Oh, I'm out of batteries for my torch. So I've just got to like run around in circles, waiting for it to recharge or find some batteries. Okay, now I can go back to to fighting them. You know, like it. I, I mean, that sounds like you're describing an encounter in which, like, oh no, I've run out of ammunition. I guess I've got to go find ammunition until I can use the gun again. I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend Alan Wake has um, amazing combat. I think its combat is fine. And it's more interesting... Like, if they hadn't put in that light-darkness mechanic, boy, oh boy, would this be a generic third-person shooter game. <laughs> like, the guns are not interesting. They are quite slow. They have a reload mechanic, which is mash the reload button to reload quicker, which is just a bit like... Sure, why not? Um, but I think when you're saying, like, oh, it's not unique that to have a game where that mechanic's in place, it's unique to have a game where that mechanic's in place for every single enemy. Like, I get what you're saying, that, like, there are bosses where you have to, like, put them in situations where they become vulnerable, or there are, like, enemy types in games that you have to do this and then that to do it. But the thing I like in Alan Wake was more this idea that you are not in a situation where... If you have, like, a fully stocked arsenal, if you have the RPGs or, like, the flares or whatever, or every single, like, possible piece of ammunition you've got, you can't force your way through an encounter without engaging with that light mechanic. You have to burn the light off, burn the darkness off every enemy. You have to figure out, how am I going to best effectively use... Like, you get flashbangs later in the game, which, like, instantly mm. burn off all the light off all the enemies. But then you're like, well, I've got a limited amount of these, so I have to, like, group the enemies together. And you mentioned how in Silent Hill or in some Resident Evil encounters, they're like, oh, no, run away. That also works in Alan Wake. You don't have to kill everything. You can run away. And some encounters in the downloadable content require that you run away because you are not going to win. But I think the thing is, Lewis, for me, going... So, so you know, again, it, it, it's a very common trope in video games to be like, okay, you use the flashbang example, to be like, oh, I've, you know, I've got this really cool, whether it's a grenade or it's an RPG or whatever, this will be really useful. And then you end up just not using it because you're like, no, this might be more useful later until you kind of reach the end of the game and you haven't used any of your flashbangs or whatever. You know, like, I don't... I'm not and, sure, and the other thing is, pretty... I don't think the... Again, the execution of that light mechanic... Like, again, you say, oh, you've got to think about it. Okay, the way you think about it is you step back a bit, get my torch out. Uh, like, there's very rarely... <laughs> there's very rarely an interesting time. Like, there are occasions, but there's very rarely an interesting time where it's like, um, okay, you've really got to sort of try and work your way around this. Like, you know... I don't want to think be too Legend of Zelda about this, but like, if there was like a bit where you have to start, like, oh, I can't get the torch to hit this enemy, but what if I bounce off this mirror around a corner, or you know, sort of just stuff like that, anything to make this light mechanic more yeah. interesting than just standing there holding your torch and going three, two, one, okay, now I can shoot him, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> you know, no, I think that's fair enough. Um, I think there's definitely something to be said for the fact that 
when you're saying like, oh, there's no like, you know, using Mirror Light as an example for a type of puzzle. Alan Wake is not a game with many puzzles in. I think it has one or two and they're all quite rudimentary. They're all quite straightforward like, please pull this lever to open this door. You mentioned earlier, move logs to form a platform so you can get through a section. Yeah, I think you're being not- very, very like harsh about that log puzzle, Lewis. That was incredibly <laughs> difficult to figure out. <laughs> for you it was because apparently the game put a barrel there that wasn't supposed to be there but like alan wake is not about puzzles that were it's about that light dark fighting but actually i'm gonna be honest i don't even think alan wakes like lighty shooty gameplay mechanics is why i like this game i think that mechanic is fine i think it's something they actually do much better in the pseudo sequel which i would like to talk about later with you because in a way that I think that game has some more interesting things going on in it, but there's no way I would start you with it. Um, The reason Alan Wake is interesting to me is the plot, but not what happens in the plot, if that makes any sense. I like that Alan Wake is about something in a video game that I have never seen done in a video game. I've never seen a game that is essentially about a sort of literalization of an author's ego, death, and mental breakdown. And I found that side of the game really interesting, and that's what compelled me to originally finish it and then get the DLC and then get the thing. And like, and now I'm currently playing through Control because I'm looking forward to getting to the section where I can get to the Alan Wake DLC. I am invested in Alan Wake. I do like Alan Wake, the character, and I, I do want to see what happens to him and Bright Falls and a character that I don't think you've met because you didn't get to the stage where he's introduced, but there's a character called Mr. Scratch who forms the centre of my interest with this game. Um, I don't think so. It doesn't so ring this any is the bells. Thing. I'm not going to give you any, like, harsh criticism in terms of, like, I you didn't finish the game and I said you didn't have to finish the game and you clearly got bored of it and I don't think if you'd carried on playing it you would have had your mind changed. Mm. But the thing that I love about Alan Wake is that as it goes on, it becomes clearer that what is happening in the game. So he, it, for, for the, the brief overview of the plot, Alan Wake is going to a town in the Midwest of America that's basically based on Twin Peaks, um, where he is going on holiday with his wife. He's been suffering from writer's block. He's under a lot of pressure to write the next book. And he's got a lot of imposter syndrome going on in his life. He's like, I clearly don't know what I'm doing anymore as an author. And I'm like, I'm doomed, as it were. I'm trapped in a situation where I've got a lot of expectation on me and I don't know how to deal with it. While he's there, his wife's like, maybe write your book in this cabin. I've booked you a session with a psychiatrist who can help you. And he reacts to this terribly. And he says, you know, how dare you do this to me? Uh, he storms out, and then his wife gets kidnapped by supernatural forces. Um, Something is going on in this town that he's gone to, and it's full of supernatural things. He dives in after her and ends up in his unwritten novel that he is sort of not there to write, but that he will write as a result of the events going on around him. That's the intro. That's episode one of Alan Wake. No video game is like that. No video game is even remotely about that. But I would argue, Lewis, there's a good reason no video game is like that. In terms of this, as you say, this being the book that he's going to write based on what's already happened. So one of the things the game has is these collectible pages that you can find, which Mm. are supposedly pages from the book of Alan Wake or whatever. And... Every now and then there's there's something like, I, I, I think I, I will give it credit for this. Like, you'll get something where you'll read a pa- uh, passage and it'll be like, oh, I went around this corner and then I got attacked by, you know, wolves. And you're like, oh, well, I'm coming up to that corner I mentioned on the pages, so I better get ready to be attacked. You know, like, it, it just, it works in terms of that regard. But one, it is an incredibly frustrating collectible. You know, like, I have nothing against collectibles in a game. I have nothing against going to try and, like, trying to 100% a game. Nothing against trying to not care about it at all. But the fact that there are so many of them where it literally says, like, on the collectible page, you can only get this if you're playing on the hardest difficulty. And I'm like, I don't want to play this game on the (laughs) hardest difficulty just to collect this stuff. Just to get the full narrative of your plot. Um, But, again, it's, I don't care, like, you know, you spend a good... Like, I don't know, like an hour at least, probably a bit longer, getting into, like, the meat of the game. And it's like, what is... You know, like, I... I, We have discussed in the past, Lewis, um, the American office. 
And it is not mm. a uncommon thing for people to say, oh, don't bother with season one of The American Office. You've got to skip into season two. Yeah. Sorry, if you can't sell me on season one, you've you've probably lost me. I've played this game. Uh, it's too, fair to say I would have given it more time than just that little... You know that little build up into. I mean, the... you objectively have not played season one of Alan Wake. But, but you know what I mean. Like, like what I mean is like you know, in terms of comparing the full run of the American Office to the full game of Alan Wake. I don't know. I feel like I got, you know, at least halfway through the American Office, and I was still just like, what? What is there to care about in this? You know, I th- and I think. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it definitely would have been an excellent TV show. But if it was a TV show, then and, and I didn't feel like I was being forced to engage with a kind of quite boring world. Like, I know you're saying it looks very good, but, like, by design, most of the game happens in the dark, at night, in fog. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't interesting to look at. You know, at least... It's I, atmospheric, Charles. There's atmosphere. The, I don't care for the atmosphere. <laughs> You know, like, again, to compare to um, Resident Evil 4, which, again, is an earlier Mm. game. um, And I think, in a lot of respects, tonally kind of similar in that it's, like, sort of horror, but not really, like, scary horror. But as you're going through, like, you have different environments and different enemies and different things to say. And I'm not saying Alan Wake would have been better if there was a castle level with a weird (laughs) little, you know two foot tall uh whiny spanish man there i'm not I, saying it would be a i would like game. to say it would be a better game <laughs> if that was in alan wake i would be fascinated as to why that was in alan wake but yeah vis- visually it didn't go anywhere the gameplay to me like ooh, getting flashbangs that's not an, an you know an evolution of the combat. You go into a, like a mine at one point, and again, and like... like there are horror games which aren't like super big on game gameplay. I'm doing air quotes, but you obviously can't see them. Mm. But like there are horror games where it's like it's not about the combat, it's not about this, which work really well. You know, I think I, I the more recent example that a lot of people would refer to would be um, Five Nights at Freddy's, like as horror quite simple in terms of what actually the actual game mechanics are but atmospheric and spooky but the example i would actually use is amnesia like amnesia is a horror game with like i think no dialogue essentially um but that is incredibly atmospheric it's incredibly spooky where there's literally no combat and that I find incredibly immersive and engaging when i played it and it's obviously also a much shorter game Alan Wake. I was just like, I what? Why am I playing this? Like, it would be much more interesting to sit to watch a, a actor on a set running through fog and going, "Oh, there's these shadows that I can't kill," uh, than for me to have to deal with it. You know, I I may well enjoy. I may well really enjoy watching a let's play of Alan Wake, but playing sure. it, I did not enjoy. <laughs> so look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and it's nothing that either of us can prove. Mm. I think you would enjoy this more if you could play it on a computer. I doubt it. I really because do. it's a lot. It is a lot less clunky on computer. Like because you because you have mouse aiming and that does make a big difference. And also because it runs really well on a computer compared to the Xbox 360. But again, as I say, it's it's not just about those controls. It's also about the other parts of the game that aren't combat based, mm-hmm. where you're just dredging around looking for clues and wait, trying to get to the next checkpoint that will sec- signify the next part of the game. I'm like, I don't okay. care. Okay. I don't want to do this. There's nothing <laughs> interesting. There's nothing interesting about the combat and there's nothing interesting about the bits in between the combat. You know. Okay, well, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not going to convince you of it otherwise, but I will say from some, the perspective of someone who does like this game, I think the combat is fine. I think it's probably... I will say this, and you will like probably very strongly disagree with me on this. I think Alan Wake is a more interesting and better third-person shooter than Resident Evil Five. Um, and I'm not going to disagree with that because I don't. Okay, really which like is interesting Resident Evil to me. Five. <laughs> because here's the thing: I bought an Xbox 360 to play Resident Evil Five, 
And I was really disappointed that Resident Evil 5 was not as good a game as I thought it was going to be. But the two games that like sort of made me feel okay about it were Dead Space and Alan Wake. Because I played those games and I was like, there's the third person horror action games I wanted to play. Hooray! I mean, this is... Um, obviously, this podcast is not about Resident Evil 5. But have you ever played it in co-op? Yes, I actually played the whole thing in co-op. Okay, because my, my, my observation on Resident Evil 5 is I still don't think it's very good but it's definitely more fun in co-op and it's definitely a game that was built for co-op and the guy Charles, i have i've completed resident evil 6 in co-op and you know what i learned by beating both resident evil 5 in co-op and resident evil 6 in co-op what did you learn every game is better in co-op charles <laughs> because people are great People make anything better, and I don't think it's to a game's merit that, like... It's to to a game's merit that they incorporated a co-op mode. It is no surprise to me that any game with a co-op mode is better in co-op. I can't think of a single game that is worse in co-op, to be honest with you. Well, I think... Except maybe Bugs and Taz Time Busters. I think we finally come to the conclusion of the podcast. I haven't convinced you that Resident Evil 5 is the best game (laughs) you've ever played. Largely because I have played it. Um, But look, look, so look, I... I'm going to admit now, and this won't help my case at all. Huzzah. Which is that I really like the atmosphere of Alan Wake. I do like the story. I do care about the characters, and I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Uh, It's just one of the most confusing stories I've ever been presented. And I kind of like the confusion. I kind of like that I don't fully understand what's going on. One of the things I'm looking forward to about picking up and playing... The rest of Control and getting to the DLC in that is that I know Alan Wake's storyline pops up later in those games and it won't make sense and I don't care because I'll be happy to see him and find out what's been going on with him. I, I will but, tell you, Lewis, um, that I have not played the Alan Wake DLC for Control either. I think Control's a great game. I still, have, I still need to complete it, but it's just, I've got to bet it's quite hard. So every time I keep replaying it, I'm like, ah, I don't like this. But like, I'm interested <laughs> enough in the um the world to, to want to keep playing it um yeah i well the- alan wake ties into control and i think now that i know that that makes sense because a lot of control is like oh the world doesn't make sense the world is like uh you know it's kind of building on that sort of philosophical concept of like there are things you can't perceive with your senses and they create these supernatural phenomenon but they're not supernatural they're just not understandable to human conception and then I was replaying the first episode of Alan Wake and I was like, oh, I get it now. It doesn't make sense. So here, <laughs> I think Control is, I mean, it's the obvious comparison because, again, set in the same universe. I don't know if necessarily the same world, but set mm. in the same universe anyway. Um, made by Remedy, third person action game. I'll tell you, I'll go, say this. As I mentioned earlier, the acting, no better than in Alan Wake. Um, the plot Can we- makes, I would argue, no, not much more sense, maybe a little more, but only because they've just wholesale ripped off SCPs um, for their game. Uh, so you've, if you know what an SCP is, you're kind of like, that's, oh, okay. that's rude. It, and, that's very rude. And true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the it is, it is clearly a story, or it is more clearly a story, designed to be a game. And the gameplay, again, I wouldn't say the weapons in Control or anything like that are more interesting than in Alan Wake. You get some interesting like powers and abilities, which are kind of neat. Mm. But the combat is more satisfying. And again, the bits in between the combat are more satisfying. And the environments are more interesting. Kind of because part of the point is that the environments keep changing as you go throughout the building. You know, it is a game that keeps in bringing up like fresh ideas and fresh concepts. Um, and not necessarily like mind blowing. Like I'm not going to tell you that. Not going to tell anyone the control is like the most groundbreaking game in the world. It's a third person shooter Metroidvania that does that probably as well as any third person shooter Metroidvania ever has. Um, I think crucially the mechanics in control are much more like you you get like telekinetic powers yeah. and the ability to like glide and these sort of things and those i i agree those are more suited to a video game narrative because it makes more sense that those are like those are interactive elements that in a book are boring to read about mm. but in a game are exciting to do and that similarly if it was a tv show 
I'd be like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could mm. engage with these things. You yeah, know? and you'd be like, what a cool visual. I... And the benefit of a game is, what a cool visual, I did that. Yeah, whereas I don't want to do the things that Alan Wake is doing, because they're <laughs> boring. <laughs> large, they're largely running around very dark forests, it's true. Yeah, like... Um, I wanted to spring something up because it's something that's in both Control and Alan Wake and it's one of my favourite things and it's honestly one of the points of fascination because it ties into Mr. Scratch. I really like Remedy's commitment, no matter how bad an idea it is, to live action (laughs) cutscenes. I love it because there's a sequence, there's a few, so in Control they do it a lot, there's like training videos where they film these live action sequences Mm. and it's it's very good in Control because they're at the level of graphical fidelity where... You kind of you kind of do a, a double take on oh is that a real person or is he an in-game person and it it, it actually works in uh, control really well mm, but it also feels a bit Portal Two in that you're not quite sure like they're kind of not I wouldn't say they're necessarily all comedy but there are definitely comic elements to some of them where the guys in those videos yeah. are just like we've got this thing it does something magic we don't know how it happens oh and it killed a man you know like, <laughs> you know. yeah and it's a bit like in Wall E um, when they mix in the the live action Fred yeah. Willard. As the guy's like, hey, everything's fine. Oh, no, we're leaving the planet. Everything's rubbish. Yeah. Um, but so, like, one of the things that pops up in Alan Wake a lot, and I really hope you found some of these, because, again, one of the things I loved about this game was they have a fake television show called Night Springs, which yeah. is a series of live-action shorts inspired by the Twilight Zone, and I love them. Because bear in mind, again, 2010... The the very idea that someone has the nerve to do live action cutscenes in a game at all is hilarious because they obviously have a terrible reputation at this point. Mm. But the fact as well that the game's just like stand here and watch a television show that's just the Twilight Zone but done in three minutes, and I'm like, all right, I loved it, and I love that it's sort of like it has this internal thematic idea. Like Alan Wake is obsessed with its world building, but more importantly, like selling you on the tone. So it has these Twilight Zone episodes you can watch that when you watch them are clearly made on an incredibly small budget because the first one is clearly filmed in a university lecture room. Um, You've got radio shows that are scattered throughout that are like the night host radio show, who's a real character in the game, who you interact with, who is part of the plot, and you can listen to calls of him. And again, in the same way that the manuscript foretells things that are going on, the radio shows can act as... um, foretelling of what's going to happen later on in the story because you've got people calling and going oh my dogs are missing and it's like you wait those dogs are going to turn up and it's sort of like the game is awash in its own references it really wants to build a world not only like around the character but to sell you the player on the idea that you're not coming into this game with just like you know oh it's it's just you you're going to shoot weird dark monsters and that's the whole thing it's like no there is you're in a place bright falls is a place you can learn about it has a history it has a it has a media diet i don't care about bright falls i don't but want I think to learn about bright falls and like and and i did come across the um what was it called night the the, the tv show night springs, night springs. Yeah. i did come across night springs lewis and it came up on little tv and i was like oh this looks like it's gonna be a little twilight zone parody do, 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 do. I don't actually care. You kind of move on to do something else rather than just stand in this one place and watch a tiny, so a tiny little TV screen within my TV screen, like which. Is just, but Charles, uh, it has to be a tiny little TV screen because it's so low quality video. But it's just, I, I just, I just didn't care about it. And like again, other games do this sort of like. I don't want to call it immersive because I think I was giving it too much credit. But this sort of like, hey, we're going to have like, you know, like finding lore throughout a game in audio format and in video format and in text format, which, uh, you know, Alan Wake does all three of these and Control does all three of these, is mm. not new. It is something that other people do. But it isn't integrated in an interesting way that I care about. Like, I think the game that does that best that I've played, and this is just off the top of my head, I might think of another one later, I think the game that does that best is Bioshock. I knew, I was so thinking you were going to say Bioshock. But, right, I put it to you, the only reason you think it's Bioshock is because Bioshock lets you play the audio diaries while you're playing the game. Yes, what a fascinating and easy 
easy like way to integrate things. Like you can't you can't do that with a TV. You show. can't do that with a TV show. Almost like introducing a TV show into a video game, which is a, a medium generally about moving from place to place. <laughs> is a bad idea. Like the only the only game I've ever like enjoyed the TV shows on. Again, I'm using air quotes. Is like in Grand Theft Auto when I do it. And even then, I have to concede I'm going to stop playing Grand Theft Auto for a bit and watch some, in hindsight, probably quite tasteless sketches. <laughs> like you know, I don't think you know unless you're doing it like in a cut scene. A cut scene is obviously a separate thing. We're going, hey, look, we are going to remove you from the gameplay element for a moment, unless we're doing a again to come back to Resident Evil Four quick time event, but where we're taking you, you're taking your control away, and we're going to make you watch this thing, and you're going to learn about this world, and we're going to do whatever. Like, fine, don't have me playing through your game and go, hey. We think this game is so boring that you're going to want to stop and watch our little TV show. That's an indictment of how entertaining you think your game is. Look, I don't... It just sounds to me like you're being impatient with it. It just sounds to me like they've done this world building, they've done this lore, they've actually bothered to build it out. And the thing I really love about the Night Springs TV shows is that they're not direct lore about the world. They're thematically tied to what's going on. So they're kind of like... It, they're not like in Bioshock they're explicitly telling you the history of Rapture in Alan Wake they're dropping these like parables these little side stories about things that like even in the world they're fictional but they relate to what's going on within the world of like the themes of the game and that's cool games don't do that games don't do thematic world building that's really interesting lewis first of all and look- <laughs> i will debate that games don't do thematic world building but second of all i reserve the right to be impatient with it i've come oh, no. into this yeah, yeah. i've come into this to play a game and again in control like i haven't watched all of them but i've watched some of those little videos because i'm like i'm engaged enough with this world that yeah i want to learn a little bit more about it i want to pick up on some of this world building that you're doing whether it's thematic or literal in alan wake i'm just like oh i'm in a i'm out in the dark scary forest and i've been the dark scary forest a bit oh now i'm in a boring white hut and there's a tv playing i could stay in the boring white hut and watch the tv i could go out into the dark scary forest both of these options sound dull to me (laughs) I think that might be it. I think I think ultimately there's a, a... My fascination from Alan Wake comes from I was like... I was into the concept before I started playing it and I was into the idea of the game to the extent that I was like willing to take the game at the pace it delivers itself. And it is a slow pace. I will give you that. It's not a game that is like... Control is quite fluid in terms of its like pacing. Like there's never a point where the game is like don't shoot something outside of very specific briefings like the game is like go to here and you're going to shoot a lot of things and use a lot of powers whereas alan wake is like okay in this section alan needs to go around the town and find out what's going on with this person or alan needs to find out more about the history of the town and you can't shoot anything and you don't have the torch and you are just kind of like the witcher 3 running to different objectives on the map and talking to people but they're very contained scripted moments and then you do get into it and it's because the game is a linear storytelling game that is the kind of pace it's expecting you to do it at. And I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to tell you that, and you're wrong for not liking it for being that, but I think it's wrong to criticise it for, do, for like, that. that's what it wants to be. I, I'm saying I don't want that. And it's, you know, I, I do get what you're saying, Lewis. And, and, you know, I think the Witcher 3 comparison is interesting. And I know we obviously have, a disagree, we disagree on The Witcher 3 as a game. But yeah, crucially, yeah. when I'm doing that stuff, when I'm going around a town and chatting to people, blah, 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 I know that at the end of that, I'm going to get to do some sword fighting and I'm gonna, there's going to be a big monster or there's going to be a bunch of enemies or something. Whereas yeah. in Alan Wake, once I've gone around that town, it's like, oh, now I've got to do a bit with the torch and the boring guns again. <laughs> <laughs> Like it but doesn't again, draw like... me into it doesn't draw me into the gameplay. And again, I there are definitely like there's an interesting story in there, I'm sure, but I'm just so busy sitting there going, oh, this doesn't like I've never played and maybe this would have been um a um uh, a a good um example of this, but I've never played oh, what is it called? I've meant brought it up now and I can't remember the name of it. The like what was the PS3 game? Where, uh, like, it's got the origami crane on the front. 
Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. I've never played Heavy Rain. And from the way you've said it, I get the impression you're not a big fan of Heavy Rain. <laughs> I've beat Heavy Rain twice. Heavy Rain is the most compelling video game that I think is written by an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, from what I can see about Heavy Rain, like, that whole game is kind of like, a, you know, that sort of slow pace. Like, it, you know, it's, it's all quick time events for want of a better word heavy, no heavy rain is an adventure game yeah it's 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 the same type of game as it, what would become a telltale game later it sort of predates telltale games but is largely the orig- originator of that particular type of adventure game yeah like alan wake i think wants to be an adventure game in that ilk or in the same ilk as monkey island or whatever you know or a telltale game but like it wants to really it wants to it wants to be an adventure game but it also wants to be an action game and i think it does both of them badly and (laughs) and to the detriment of each other you know i think if alan wake i i think if alan wake was a telltale game for all intents and purposes where you're you can't just go from place to place and you make like sort of little choices maybe there's every now and then a puzzle because aren't puzzles fun (laughs) <laughs> when they work but you know like that and that i think it would work as that and if they had committed to guess what darkness versus light action game maybe they could have worked with that instead it's both and neither and i get the story doesn't the story doesn't fit the action elements to me like i think if you're going to do this 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 thing about like oh it's light versus darkness all right take away the gun you know like, take the gun away completely and make it um, a game where you can't actually kill any of these enemies and where it is more about puzzling your way about getting around them. Giving me that gun makes me go, oh, okay, so you, you've got this sort of interesting thematic or metaphorical uh, storytelling device and then I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> you know? Like, and, <laughs> so similarly, that's quite and similarly, Bright Falls. I don't care about the people in Bright Falls. I don't care about what's going on. I don't care if there's some sort of weird semi-magic conspiracy that they're all pretending not to know about or maybe they've been brainwashed and only a couple of people know what's going on because you're too busy then every 10 minutes going all right go shoot some things now you know pick a lane (laughs) and commit to it and i think yeah that that's basically it that's very interesting to me i mean look one of the things i think that's the development of Alan Wake is, to fair, fair to say, was very rocky. Like the game you're playing is not the game that was originally intended. And I don't, I, I know we should judge the game that's in front of us. I think you've got a really strong point with the idea that maybe just take the gun out, maybe just, maybe just make it so that you take out, like you can stun enemies with the torch and move on. Because I think you're right. That probably is a, a stronger metaphor gameplay thing, and like would change the expectation of like it's an action game but it's not a particularly good shooting game like as you said one of the things that's kind of interesting about the shooting is it's kind of auto aim Mm. like there's no you don't get a crosshair on screen and so long as you're pointing at least your torch at the enemy you're gonna hit them yeah and it also has that that thing where like alan wake is just a guy he's just a guy why is he so why is he even so proficient with this gun you know, like because like, he's American. But <laughs> but you know, like I I think there's there's kind of, it kind of just feels weird. And they get it's not just that gun. You like also get like the shotgun. You get the flashbangs, and he just knows how to use use them. And I'm not saying you're saying like a gun is the most complicated thing in the world. And I'm sure at some point in the plot they go, oh, it's just like being on the shooting range. But I think anyone who's been trained in uh, using gun will tell you that using gun on a shooting range is different than using it in a dark forest surrounded by scary shadow monsters. Here's the question then, Charles. Does Alan Wake use a gun? Or does the fictional interpretation of Alan Wake written by Alan Wake know how to use a gun? I don't care. <laughs> but that's the, qu- that's the question I do care about. Look, so here's one of the things I wanted to bring up about Alan Wake that I think is really interesting particularly based on that criticism you just leveled at the game you're like you're an adventure game or you're an action game pick a lane charles Mm -hmm. they picked a lane because there is a pseudo sequel to alan wake called alan wake's american nightmare and alan wake's american nightmare is just an action game they they completely cut out the idea of the adventure element more or less altogether it's got a crosshair it's got multiple weapons including a nail gun it has a horde mode it is a full-blown action game version of it. And spoilers for the rest of Alan Wake for those people who haven't played it. 
my take is I like it. I think it's good. Charles's take is. <laughs> what, what on Alan Wake that go, is bad? Go on. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I'll say like okay, and I'm sure there was a little bit that played into this, but you know what I'd say is the pseudo sequel to Alan Wake, Control, because it's got no, no, but no, but this is literally a like. No, I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying, Control is is the action game parts of Alan Wake made good and made fun, and. You know, there is a. You could make an argument that there is still like that sort of adventure element to it, and obviously this is a genre called action adventure. But control, <laughs> control is an action game first, and an adventure game second. Whereas Alan Wake, I mean, is it's not an adventure. Well, game. but 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 that's, well, then an adventure game third or fourth or whatever. Like Alan yeah. Wake is a story which I think is better suited to being an adventure game. That is trying mm. to be an action game first and an adventure game second. I think I think you've got I think that's a legitimate criticism there, actually. I think you've got a really good point there. And I think that is definitely something that will ruin future playthroughs for me. <laughs> um But this equal Alan Wake's American Nightmare. So what happens in the game is that by the end of it, in order to rescue Alan's wife, he realizes that he will have to essentially take her place in the fictional dark world. Um and so he sort of makes this deal with the darkness and the darkness goes, okay, while you're in here with me, this is Mr. Scratch and it's a doppelganger for Alan. And he goes, uh, Mr. Scratch is going to be taking your place while you're in here. And that's more or less how the game ends is basically Alan surrenders himself to the darkness and Mr. Scratch takes his place. This pseudo sequel, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, basically consists of Alan is going through the... Um, trappings of some fictional story that he's like become part of meanwhile Mr. Scratch is telling him how much he's ruining his life on the outside and he's talking to him through live action televisions and basically glaring at him through televisions going I made your best friend cry today how do you feel about that and it's one of the most like and this is the thing I like Alan Wake the game and I st I basically said play Alan Wake because it's largely the one that people like more because Alan Wake's American Nightmare is also two hours um but I think there's something I I rarely care about a video game character's best friend I rarely care about a video game character's like personal life or connections and Alan Wake hooked me on that in a way that basically no other game of that generation that video game generation did like alan wake sticks in my head as one of the very few reasons i'm glad i owned an xbox 360 because there were very few exclusive games on the xbox 360 that i was like what a cool brilliant original unique thing and alan wake for all its flaws i agree its gameplay can get repetitive and it's not as the most interesting thing in the world Alan Wake is definitely the only game of its type in that generation of games. I I mean I can't I can't argue with you on that because I don't know <laughs> of any other games like that. There's probably something out there I'm sure, but um you know, like of course you like his friend, you know, of course you care about Alan Wake's friend because it's probably more interesting than Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> Like I try no, to think, they I'm do, to they do go any... into that later on. Like you see Alan Wake doing like television interviews, and he talks about how much he hates the way that he presents himself in public. Like Alan Wake is very obsessed with Alan Wake. Yeah, <laughs> which is fair. I think we all are self-obsessed to some degree. <laughs> I think we're all obsessed with Alan Wake. Um, everyone in Bright Falls is. Oh, it's Alan Wake. Um... So look. I'm going to ask you in a sec the, the, the titch. I mean, we don't really need to ask you the question, but I have to you, for you the sake of format. But yeah. before I ask you the question, this podcast is obviously brought to you by Energizer Batteries. <laughs> Energizer Batteries are the perfect way for you to fight off evil demons, even though they apparently run out in about 15 seconds. It is a, what a weird product placement. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, again, there's a whole other discussion about product placement in games that aren't really thought through. But yeah, like... <laughs> Like what a terrible, what a terrible way of trying to advertise your product. Like it'd be what if I was if I was the people at Energizer Batteries, what I would have said is, hey, what if through most of the game you've only got regular batteries, but then <laughs> you get to the very end and Alan finds some Energizer batteries and he turns to camera and says, now we've got this sorted, and he puts them in. You never need to replace them again. That's the way to do your product placement. <laughs> 
I mean, one of the things that's really interesting about product placement in Alan Wake is I think it speaks to um, this game was the result of a very long development cycle. It was the result of Microsoft intervening to help fund it. And it was originally planned to be an open world game with survival horror elements. And it gradually got watered down and watered down and watered down until eventually what you have is a linear action horror game that's not really a survival horror game, to be honest. Um, in which they just basically push the plot in front of you as much as possible to get you through it because they don't have the development time or budget left to make the big open world uh, adventure game they originally planned. Mm. And I think the Energizer batteries represent the level to which they were compromised because it gets to the point where they're like, put an advert on the batteries, do something, we need money, we need to finish this game. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Sad. I'm not convinced open world Alan Wake would be better either, but that's sad. I think the open world Alan Wake game would not have been as action orientated. I think it would have been the adventure game you said it should have tried to be. Mm. And I can and then, I can also see as yeah. well, like if Microsoft come in, um, or if any studio comes in, they go, who's going to buy an open world survival horror game where you don't even get to kill the bad guys let's give alan a gun like i can see that i think that's why alan has a gun i totally think that's why alan has a gun and Um, which i say to microsoft go play amnesia although i think amnesia was released after our week so maybe they couldn't (laughs) and of course amnesia like i I don't want to be glib about this alan wake was a triple a release yeah, alan yeah, wake yeah. had a lot of money behind it and it, again for its time it's a very impressive looking game um and it's like you know it, it had that big advertising behind it amnesia has the luxury of looking like uh you know not looking great but the expectation of it was was it probably shouldn't look great mm, yeah <laughs> so charles is alan wake the best video game you've never played Well, Lewis, much as Sniper Elite 4 on a technicality was the best video game you've never played, I have no choice but to concede that Alan Wake is the best video game (laughs) I've never played. I don't think it is, though, is it? Um, No, I don't think it is either. (laughs) Um, There are other games out there that I am more excited to play, which I've never played. Um, But I'm glad I played it. Like, you know, I, I, I think... I went in with, I'm not going to say high hopes, with an open mind. You know, I remember when it was released, it kind of got like a mixed reaction, but it has sort of gained a cult following over the years. And, you know, again, it had multiple DLC packs. So there's obviously Mm. something to it. And again, I've really been enjoying Control. um, So I was like, this this could be good. And I just don't think it was good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the thing I find really interesting was I picked Alan Wake because you gave me a third person shooter mm. and I thought the biggest flaw with Sniper Elite 4 was I did not find its plot compelling at all mm. I just thought you know whatever but I love the mechanics and I thought actually no this is a fun cool like quirky little game that's sort of a, not not massively unique but it has a one unique idea that's really interesting and I thought I'll give you Alan Wake because I think Alan Wake has a great story and I don't think the mechanics are like amazing but they're good enough to carry what I think is a great story and then you came back and you went I think my main criticism of Alan Wake is I don't like the story and I've gone <laughs> well that idea didn't work well again it's I, I, it's as I say it's not that I don't like the story but I don't think the story fits the medium or and certainly not the genre of the medium that they have chosen um as i say maybe if it was just a straight adventure story uh or sorry a straight adventure game i would be far more compelled to keep playing but as it is i feel like i am going through two half-assed versions of like if i want to play a third person shooter i can play sniper elite 4 or i can play Gears of War, or I can play Metal Gear Solid, or any number of games I can play. And if I want to play an adventure game, I can play, you know, some but not all of the Telltale games. Um, (laughs) I can play Monkey Island, I can play any number of things. I would never go back to Alan Wake to play as a game. I mean, fair enough. I'm 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 sorry it wasn't I I genuinely picked something I thought you would like and I have apparently misunderstood your taste and we shall never talk again but thank you for coming on and doing the podcast Charles. Thank you very much Lewis. 
Well, that was Charles. Sadly, he wasn't a fan of Alan Wake, despite the fact that he obviously should be because it's it's a great. I think it's one of the it's a great video game. I thought it was the best video game we never played. He doesn't seem to think so. What does he know? I've played loads more video games than him. I don't know why he gets so high and mighty about the idea that he knows more about games. It's just no accounting for taste sometimes, is there? I saw a thing today saying that Shrek was really, really bad, and everyone's going, "No, Shrek's really, really good." We'll never solve this. Art is a war. There are no winners. There's only death. If you like the podcast, please like, review, and subscribe to it. Do all the buttons, press all the things, 18 stars, and slap them all over the place. And, you know, you can follow us on Twitter, at uh, Game Never Played. It's a better tag now. It makes more sense. At Game Never Played. I can say that out loud, and I can understand and pass what that means. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay safe.